And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, slobbering citizens. Guys, I was on my way home to the Horror Vault to record the next section about Maniac Cop, our next movie, when I got pulled over. So now I'm by the thruway, and I figured, this is a good learning experience for some of my listeners. You see, I'm not only a horror host, I'm a sovereign citizen. And I know a few tricks to get around the law, if you know what I mean. So just sit back and watch. Oh, 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 oh. here he is. Watch. Nice evening, officer. Am I being detained? Um, am I being detained? <clears throat> there, you, you see, I'm what they call a traveler of the Commonwealth, and I seek free passage. Is that a knife? Are you detained? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am your co-host, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I hope everyone is uh, doing well as they've thanked, and I want to thank everyone for downloading and listening to our show today. And uh, we've got that usual gang of freaks with us left to right across your podcast dial. There is the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Fucking A, I'm a cop. What the fuck are you? <laughs> a question... <laughs> You should ask yourself. <laughs> Joining me, my... you, fuck you. That's the, that's the response both of them give. Yes. <laughs> and you heard him right. You heard him right there. Our other, our next co-host, my brother, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. You always take a leak with a gun in your hand. That's a good way your ball shot off. City's going downhill. There's no place to take a leak anywhere. <laughs> right. Uh, and our and rounding out our our uh, little quartet, two true freaks OG Chris Honeywell, make it bigger than AIDS. It'll get City Hall off their ass. <laughs> <laughs> we all pick tough cop talk. Yeah, yeah. The, they. Hey, I, my quote was also a tough cut. This isn't about romance. It's about murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my backup was look at the size of those hematomas. That was my backup. <laughs> yeah. Just to say hematoma. It was supposed uh, to be the dealers and junkies and human garbage. (laughs) I had, I had, you don't smile enough. Um, (laughs) You have every right, you have every right to hate us both. That's my favorite Bruce Campbell line in the whole thing, where he tried to give some of the blame on it. And, uh, 
didn't you try to shoot yourself a couple years back? <laughs> <laughs> the gun went off. Yeah, the gun went off. <laughs> but that 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 when when they the you don't smile enough, and then he does the the forced smile. That is That's one of the so that good. is so, so wonderful. Yes. Uh, so if you haven't figured out what we're talking about, and if, and maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't, uh, set your way back machine to 1988, because our horror rack hanger on today is Maniac Cop, directed by William Lustig, written by Larry Cohen, and starring, wait for it, Tom Atkins, Bruce Campbell, Richard Roundtree, and I can't believe it's taken us this long to get him on the vault, Robert Zadar. Yay! As the titular maniac cop, and uh, yeah, that this one, you know, we previously in this show we we did Uncle Sam, you know, talking about uh, William Lustig, but uh, Maniac Cop is a, a movie that I had heard about for years and years and years before I had seen Me it. Too. And as this is the horror rack hanger on, um, the first image that kind of pops into my head is the old Transworld Entertainment VHS tape, uh, very simple kind of cover. It has uh, an obvious NYPD policeman walking down the center of the street in shadow. Uh, and uh, the ta- the copy above it, you have the right to remain silent, dot, 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 forever. And then Maniac Cop in the uh, very distressed font beneath it. So I never saw this one on VHS, but certainly qualifies as a horror rack hanger on for as long as I saw it on the, on the horror rack back in the day. Yeah, so real quick, Luke, I just want to throw it out there. For those you sound Will Lusting, that sounds familiar. Yes, of course. Um, as Luke said, he uh, he directed, of course, Uncle Sam. Um, we might remember him from directing Maniac, which Dad and I covered on the Bots, Bugs, and Babes. Um, for those of you who like your old uh, 70s porn, uh, Hot Honey and The Violation of Claudia, um, he directed as Billy Bad. Uh, so, yes, he's a porn director who used his porn money to make Maniac. And then from Maniac, he made um, other movies. Uh, and then, of course, Larry Cohen is a name that, uh, you know, a lot of people know the name Larry Cohen, um, who, if you ever get a chance to see any interview with Larry Cohen, you will swear motherfuckers high. Like, I'm just saying, like, this guy's got to be high. Or he's, like, probably smashed his skull into too many things or whatever, because he literally has no idea about the movies he made, what happened in them. Or... What he should have been doing. Of course, Larry Cohen um, is known uh, as a producer as well, kind of thing. It's Alive is a movie he did. God told me to. Um, you know, uh, Q, of course, which Dad and I covered as well on the vault. Uh, the Stuff, you know, in oh, 85 yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, Larry, uh, those are the movies he directed. And then uh, as a writer, he's known, of course. I mean, he's he written, he written. That's good English, Jay. He's written many, many of the same movies he's directed and then produced. Um, he is very much known for using, whenever possible, um, shooting things in New York City, not having permits, and shooting it out of like any possible order that you possibly could use things in, and then having to sew it all together at the end. That is very Larry Cohen, for those of you who have any knowledge about how he actually works. That's 100% him. Um, and yet, he pulls it off almost every time. So, um, this movie, no different. Things were, sh- like, Will Lusting, at least, was shooting things. But Larry Cohen, he has no clue what happened during the film <laughs> of this movie, which is amazing. Anyway, so, sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there, because, again, some people, those names might sound familiar to people, but maybe they didn't put two and two together. Like, Larry Cohen can't put two and two together. Sorry, Larry. We love you. 
Well, <laughs> and and you know, uh, you know, Tom Atkins. You know, I, I think most people listening to this show probably know. You know, Tom Atkins, Halloween Three, Night of the Creeps, Escape from New York, Lethal Weapon. You know, pretty pretty well known. Uh, Bruce Campbell. He, I hear he made a couple of movies. I'm I'm not, not sure. Not yeah. really a real popular mm. guy. You know, before we really from you know Evil Dead, Bob Hotep. You know, countless other Campbell's done over the years. Um, Richard Roundtree. That's Shaft. You know, yeah. full oh, stop yeah. right there. That's commissioner. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Plays the police commissioner, which is fantastic. Pretty small role, but I Richard the shaft. He's in a movie I, I like. Yeah. Well, and you see, the thing about Richard Roundtree is that, you know, even when he's in happy movies, like Steel, okay, he's not the problem in Steel, right? I don't think there's a movie where, even if it's a bad movie, that Richard Roundtree is what makes it bad. Richard right. Roundtree is a consummate professional you know he's a badass no matter what he's in even when he's playing like a bastard like he is in this movie you know yeah so the the main draw here i think is robert zadar um now if you've seen robert zadar you probably remember him because um robert zadar you know suffered uh so he, he passed away in 2015 but he suffered from a condition called cherubism and this condition meant that he had a very large jaw Right. And so he had a very unique facial structure. And so that gave him this very unique appearance. So he often played bad guys because he had such this imposing face. And it's put to good use here because they hide it for so long until we finally see it. Uh, but Robert Zadar was in Tango and Cash. He was in uh, Beastmaster 2. Famously for me and Jay, he's in Samurai Cop. You know? Yeah, and uh, and his, that he was then in both Soul Taker and Future War. Oh, Future both War. Both of which appeared in the same season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And uh, this one, I, I had no idea about this one. It's in the Wikipedia article. Uh, and I'm going to read it right here. Quote, it was Zadar's performance and unique appearance in Tango and Cash that inspired Sean Pertwee's facial technique and makeup in the film Dog Soldiers. Sean was quoted as being inspired by Zadar because, quote, like me, he has unusual features that are almost designed to portray grimacing death with profound accuracy and very little effort. Yeah, so, he's uh, sort that, of like... That's interesting. Wait, he's uh, sort what? of like um, modern Rondo Hatton sort mm, of yeah. style. But his face, I mean, he doesn't... His features aren't outlandish. Just kind of, he, kind of I, I think I think he's talking about the, just the makeup look that he's looking. Oh, for. okay. Oh, wait, mean when probably when he's turning into the wolf. Yeah, I think that's what he's. Okay, what he's that I understand. But like, he's he's pretty normal. I mean, I'm, and I'm not trying to badmouth you know Robert Jadar, but what I'm saying is, but like, uh, he doesn't. It, there's not like there's crazy like you know dimensions to his face. So, um, no, it's and as Luke said, he definitely. When you've, if you've ever seen him, you remember him, and and it is like the modern day version of Rondo Hatton, and. Uh, I, again, one of the, the things that for those of you who don't know Rondo Hatton is, if you look him up, he was always the heavy in a lot of films. And then he was the, the he was the brute or the freak or the whatever. Like they made it, you know, he was a quote unquote monster. And I, I, that always, as somebody who loves old movies and stuff like that, that always kind of hurt a little bit. Like the poor man had like a condition and, but like he, 
from what I gather, when he's not, I think he was like, it got him a lot of work. Yeah. Because it was so different. It, it's, it's like, I was like, I was kind of liking it to this way. Um, Danny Trejo now is like a national treasure. But Danny Trejo originally was a guy who was in jail, got out of jail, was friends with Robert De Niro, who helped get him into acting. And let's be very honest, early Danny Trejo work, like it's, he doesn't look like Danny Trejo now. He actually looks like, you know, his skin is made of actual leather. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm not trying to be mean. You're going to be in my, my Christmas movie. Trust me. But like the idea was that like when you saw him with the tattoo of the lady with the with the sombrero on his, like the tattoo of his entire chest and stomach, it was very much like, like holy crap, that guy's got a unique look. And it got him roles, places, usually as somebody who maybe wasn't on the right side of the law. Uh, but it got him roles like that. And that's what I think Robert Dazar uh, is. He got roles based on his look, um, yeah. you know, one way or the other. The one guy I want to mention real quick, the detective who is who, who was part of that exchange with, with uh, Tom Atkins, Jake LaMotta. The actual raging bull, Jake LaMotta, is the detective. And at oh, first, wow. It's really Jake LaMotta. And the problem was, I looked at him, I said, God, that looks really familiar. And I thought, wait, is that Kevin Tierney? And I was like, no, it's not. I thought it's Kevin Tierney is heavier than that. It's like, who is that? And I looked at him, I go, holy shit, it's Jake LaMotta. And as soon as I heard it was Jake LaMotta, I'm like, yes, it is. And it, he goes, when you see Jake LaMotta, again, for those of you raging bull with Robert De Niro and stuff like that, when you actually see what he really looks like, he's very distinctive. Because he's all cauliflowered, eared, and beaten up. Yeah. Look at that guy. He looks like he's been through a few. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, Sam Ed had a, shows up in this too. Oh yeah, he does he is the, the reporter? Um, as as that says, like a that's like definitely a Bruce Campbell. You know, kind of like, hey, can my friend be in this? You know, kind of well, thing. The, here's the, here's and, the thing. I, I don't. I was I was reading it. I think he actually shot the footage of the parade. I think he shot the footage of the parade, then did the setup and did the little news piece that he does. I think he yeah. kind of just had like him and a cameraman and went out and did that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Larry Cohen way of getting a movie made right there. <laughs> you see the movie, go shoot something for me. You know, kind of thing. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Leonard. I keep wanting to say Leonard Cohen. No, it's That's Larry Cohen. Very, yeah. very different yeah. movie. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, 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 I have a question for you guys. If, and I don't remember, and I was too lazy to go back and listen to our, uh, the the last Lustig Cohen joint that we went over. But uh like I I the, he has this cast, but I know I think like the weakest part of this, and I think maybe like with Bruce Campbell, it's because it's early on in his career. He gets a couple good lines like the like, you know, I'd, I I can't blame you for hating both of us lines. But like it seems to me that like the, the direction's on point. The action's on point. The script is super on point. And, but, like, it almost seems like there's, like, this, like, the actors are not, a lot of times aren't given it. They're all, except for Atkins, really go, and, of course, the Maniac Cop, the the two that really count. It's not enough to like really bring the movie down at all because the movie is just like being shot out of a cannon anyway. <laughs> so, but like, I wonder if Lustig is maybe like one of those people who doesn't work with actors well or doesn't get along with actors or something. It just, it just seemed like that was the only part of the movie that wasn't like 
you know, just like running like a well-oiled machine. Okay, so I'm going to just say this. Will Lusting, who came from the porn industry, where there's not a whole lot of direction occurring, when you watch Maniac, the original Maniac, right, there is not a ton of, oh, how to say this, like, the movie is, it, the, the story is tight. The, 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 it's, it's disturbing, disgusting, it's vile, it's, it's, New, it's New York City, like, grimiest bits. Like, he's all about bringing you, like, real, real, right? Kind of thing. Like, everything you're seeing on the screen looks real, real, right? Same thing in this movie. Like, the streets look real, the guy, everything looks real, real. I don't know how much he's worried about, again, he's letting them just do their own acting. I don't know if he's giving them direct instruction or whatever kind of thing because you know unless you're like all right no no joe just you know i mean let's face it in porn what are you directing there you know kind of thing like like like, now put it in her ass okay great like you know like you know it's like i'm just saying you know no no turn to the camera to the camera to the camera like you know kind of thing like you know it's not like that i don't know how much that is but when you get like keep your left hand over that pimple um (laughs) that's what you get with will lusting his movies um, at least his early stuff. And this is, I mean, I know it's not early, early because, you know, Maniac's 80, but like when, when, it, when it's raw, when it's the most raw stuff he does, when it's like, you know, kind of thing, especially with Larry Cohen, like there's not going to be a ton of like, you know, there's, they're not, they're not going to kind of go and go, look in this scene, your motivation is, I think they're just like, let's right. shoot and out because they're yeah. literally shooting where they have no permits to be there. So, well, you know, and, and you also don't have to give anybody their motivations in this movie because it's just it's obvious. It's all like like everything is a is kind of a trope, you know, in its own way. So, like, yeah. you know, the cops are doing the, the cops are doing their cop things. And, you know, I, I mean, I think- actually, the woman, the woman who is the, the woman who played the undercover cop playing the hooker. Yeah. Like put some real personality into it when she was being the hooker and chewing her gum to the point of where she was just so incredibly obnoxious that I was like, <laughs> oh, I see. Nobody's even going to make it to sleeping with her because she's just that Sorry. was just so, so off putting. But yeah. like it was a nice it was a nice twist to her character. Yeah. Uh, that's that's Lorraine Landon as it was, is the actress. She, she played Teresa Mallard. Teresa. So, yeah. The, the thing is, I was just what I'm saying is like. You, you don't get with, uh, like, it's this, this isn't like, you know, the auteurs of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't this isn't like Stanley Kubrick. This isn't like, you know, uh, Robert's, well, not even Robert's records, but like, even like, like, even, even Carpenter or even like, like, that's not the kind of director that Will Lusting is. And that's not the kind no. of producer that Larry Cohen is. And I think that's why these, their movies, when these movies that like, that go together, and I'm I'm assuming most of us probably well, I've seen them all. Uh, if if you haven't haven't seen Maniac Cop to this point, you probably didn't see Maniac Cop two or Maniac Cop three. Um, like when you see those, you're like, oh shit! Like this is like more of the same stuff, but it's even like crazier because now you got other people in it, right? You know, because you already you killed off Tom Atkins and you you know whatever. Um, when you start seeing those guys make these kind of movies, it's it's just put it on the screen and get out. I mean. In reality, yeah. they only filmed in New York City for three days. Wow. A gorilla shot in New York City for three days with no permits. And then whatever Sam Raimi shot, you know, if, if that is in fact true, and I would 100% believe that because it actually looks completely different than the rest of the other rest of the movie. Uh, the film of, of the parade 
that was shot by him guerrilla style with a person and him and then just did it. That's what I'm saying is they filmed those things and then this, the interiors they filmed somewhere else. I mean, you could film interiors anywhere, right? But if you think about it, the stuff on the streets of New York, you couldn't fake that. You know, there, you weren't faking the stuff on the streets of New York for those. So that stuff was shot guerrilla style, quick as you can, get stuff in and out. The stuff at a dock, I mean, there's docks in other places. You know, it doesn't have to be New York City. As long as you don't see the skyline, you're okay. So, right. you know, but anyway, that's what yeah, I say. And, and the, but the thing is that they, for whatever little amount of time that they shoot in New York, it really feels like New York. Oh, I mean, yeah. a lot it, of this, I mean, it, it's oh, very yeah. authentic. I mean, the one that, the thing, I mean, okay, so my brother and I, we didn't grow up in the city, but we went to the city, as we've talked about, like when we did uh, Basket Case and some of the other movies in New York, or if you listen to Jay and my dad talk about, like, Maniac or any of the other New York movies, Q uh, or Chud, like you said, over on Bots, Bugs, and Babes, we spent enough time in the city that we were familiar with it. And you know, the, the thing about this film is that, now, when I now it's not so much the case anymore. But back in the '80s, when this was made, and when when we were little kids, it, one of the most common sights you would see if you went to Manhattan was NYPD uniformed NYPD officers. It was just you you expected to see cops in New York. It was just that's what it was, right? It was not that much different than seeing an FDNY truck, and and that that's just part and parcel. That's why anytime. A movie, whether it's shot in New York or not, if it's set in New York, that's why there's cops everywhere. That was just part of the motif of being in New York. And so the beginning of this film, I think, works so wonderfully for that, where, you know, the uh, the waitress is, uh, she leaves and she gets accosted by the guys and she fights back and she runs off and she sees the police officer. Because that, again, you would expect to see police officers on that and that she runs to him for safety. And yeah, it's the maniac cop, right? So I, I think that hook alone, just again, being set in New York, being, and, and Zadar, Zadar was a police officer in Chicago before he became an actor. Oh. So oh, he cuts that. That makes a lot of sense. Imagine that guy kicking in your door. You know, Chris, no, he's he's got like the, the cop language. voice and stuff. He's got the total yeah. body language of a cop. He's got, like he's a, got the knock cop, on the, he's, the yeah, exactly. he's got the, the cop of body acting down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like he is, I mean, Zadar is perfect in this movie and he, but it's saying he's not, it's not a parody of a cop. It, it really does come off as an NYPD oh, yeah, officer. No, no, there's, there's cop. I mean, as, as long as you, as long as you discount the mangled and bullet ridden face, there's yeah. cops in New York that look like that. And like Absolutely. this a few months back uh, on the Honeywell experiment, we did Miss F Miss Forty Five, the Abel Ferrara oh, yeah. movie, and this yep, this know. reminds me of a little more a little more polished. I think um, direct as a director, um, uh, Lustig is a little more polished, but it's still it feels like Abel Ferrara's New York City. It's the it's the dirty it's the dirty working class New York City, and and the flat and when you get into the like you know manhattan it's the flashier gaudier you know 42nd street type new york which is you know really i i mean that if you're gonna have a horror action or thriller movie that's the new york that you want you don't want fancy new york 
it's m- not nearly as fun. <laughs> oh no, and, and and you know, and it like I said it 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 treads very on it's familiar territory I think for kind of this exploitation stuff in New York some of the way it looks and all that but it looks like I said it really does sell the setting. To the point that you really believe this, you believe that all this is taking place in New York, and it, I guess it's it again part of that may may just be my familiarity with New York of the '80s, you know. I mean, relatively speaking, but I like I said, I had it. I, I'll be honest, I'd never seen Maniac Cop. I had always, as like I said, associated with the horror rack and all that, but I'd never watched it. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. And I was really impressed by that for this. I mean, this is a low-budget, cheapy movie. It actually wasn't successful uh, and on its theatrical run. Uh, but, you know, I, Surpri- I thought that... It's surprising. Like, yeah. It only, I mean, it, especially it was... a few years after The Terminator, it's very, very Terminator-like. Yeah. And it's just, you know, relent- relentlessness and grittiness. And and I think, like, like Lustig is definitely a better director than than larry cohen and this combination of larry cohen writing and producing because his script is airtight it's there's no fat and usually with movies like this they'll start off with with a you know with an opening you know set piece and then it's all we have to establish everything and all this no this one just like this one just like you come out of the Lincoln Tunnel and someone just throws you out the window into New York and you just <laughs> you're just going, you know. Things are happening and you're learning who everybody is and what's going on and roughly what's up with everybody just as, you know, on the fly. And it's it's so rare that you're like half hour into a movie and you're like, "Jesus Christ, we're still going." <laughs> still going. Well, that's and one of the things too. Really that, let up. That's right. The whole point is, and I mean, I always say this: the worst sin a movie can have is be boring, yep. right? And this movie is certainly not boring. Oh, the no. for a second. is that right? Is that the problem? Is sometimes movies kind of like you said they get bogged down in, well, I have to do these things. I have to establish. Like you can establish things and still keep the pace going. Like we learned well, who Campbell is. We learned that he's cheating on his wife. We learn who Tom Atkins. We learn all these things, and yet the movie just keeps going. It's not the like movie doesn't fuck yeah. around either with like you know Bruce Campbell's cheating on his wife, but it doesn't really moralize about it or like get caught up in any of the dynamics of it. Besides what you need to like make it look like he murdered his wife, and and right. that's it. And and it you don't need to you don't need to have Bruce Campbell. Like, like nowadays, or even not even nowadays, but just traditionally, it's like a char- character like Bruce Campbell, who's like sort of the lead male after Tom Atkins bites it. But like you have to, you have he has to re- would have to redeem himself somehow or pay pay a price and even it all. <clears throat> nah, it just keeps going, and like it, 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 it no judgment. Just here's the story. And, uh, oh, yeah, the story's crazy. And then it's like, oh, yeah, guess what? The story get And it's one of those great things where you're, like, going, you know, trying to piece together is this guy, you know, I mean, the name of it's Maniac Cop. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there's one point where she's like, I know I shot him about, you know, at least twice in the face. 
you know? And so you're like, is there a supernatural element to this? How are they going to explain this, you know? And when they finally do, it's, it's, it works. It's, it's like semi-plausible. It doesn't explain still how he can take two bullets to the head, but <laughs> no, it, 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 it's an explanation. doesn't matter. So far as it, it says like, oh yeah, that may, the this characters what happened. don't seem to buy it, but it's like, yeah, wait, what? <laughs> no, it was just like, this is, this happened. And it's like, but how could it have happened? Who knows how it could happen, but there he is, you know, <laughs> he responds to his name and people recognize him. That's the guy, you know, <laughs> that's the dead guy. So there he is. And, uh, yeah. uh the thing is I and, could see, and, and, and this is what, this is 88. So there still was the grindhouse. It, it was, this is a little before, you know, everything got cleaned up in New York city in the nineties. Yeah. So this is the kind of movie that that would it be that would play in those kind of houses? I mean, they would play in a grindhouse, yeah. whatever. And that's the kind of place I feel like you would want to see this. Not that you this, want oh, this movie would tear a grindhouse, especially in New York City. You know, I mean, this this is yeah, this would be like one that would play there for like six months, just yeah. straight. You know, right? Exactly. The film itself would wear out from the number of plays it would have. It's just like when Maniac was playing in the city, or just like when, like when they had other whatever, whatever other kind of thing. Those kind of those kind of uh, um, grindhouse movies always did well. Like horror always did well in a grindhouse. I mean, we know porn did well, and we know whatever. But like, that's why these movies did well because like this this isn't a hard sell. Maniac Cop. You go and see this thing. Okay, it's not boring. It's crazy. It's New York City. Oh fuck! Look at this guy. He's like guy. Like guy looks crazy. That guy's gonna gonna kill this guy. Like. It's the kind of stuff that you would get back then, and it would be like, all right, yeah, you know, kind of thing. Yes, this, and I, sorry, go, yeah. and I mean, in a grindhouse, like all the like, and 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 another thing with the moralizing is and stuff like that is normally there would be much more examination of into the of the like, uh, you know, from the first from the first time when he gave the information to the reporter, and they're like, "It's a cop killing people," you know, a guy in a cop outfit, and then all of a sudden they're interviewing people on the street. I don't trust cops are violent anyway, and and then the woman shoots the cop in the head. Yeah, oh, that's, that's all that's like fantastic. that's all like four panels from a comic book. You know, that's <laughs> all you need to know about it. You don't have to. You, you don't have to go into it. You don't have to have the mayor going. We have to do something about the. You know our trust with the people and all that. They don't bother with any of that, that nonsense that you don't need just enough of it. And, and, and really, and they probably were like, okay, how much do we need to illustrate this? And they're like, Hey, we can get a, have a, have a lady shoot a cop in the head, you know? And they're like, yeah, that's a good scene. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's just lean and mean, very mean, super mean. <laughs> and uh, oh, oh yeah. It, it it definitely it definitely owns like that 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 gorilla grindhouse style filmmaking, but it's mm-hmm. such it but it's made in a post Friday the Thirteenth a post Nightmare on Elm Street lo- world, so it it yeah. still has those bits of slasher in it also, you know. So it's not like it's not like a '70s style exploitation, but it's not an '80s style slasher either. It's somewhere no. kind of in the middle, and I think it I think it works well for that because. It doesn't have a lot of 80s sensibilities. It has a kind of 70s sensibilities, but yeah. it looks like an 80s movie. It de- it definitely, but it also has sort of like this weird hybrid of 70s and 80s cop show music in the soundtrack. 
I dug the score in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 seven it's Starsky and Hutch running music, you know? Except without the it's not really chanka chank as much as it is like horny horn type of, you know. Yeah, I love that shit. I love that shit. The scenes of people running through a city and doing that little skid turn around a corner as they run and that and that that music going is yeah, it puts me in a happy place. I'm really looking forward to scaring up the soundtrack to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so one of the things that this always reminds me of, you know, kind of thing, because as that kind of feel like is a grind up stuff, um, there's a book called Sleazoid Express. We've mentioned it in this show before. Yes. Uh, it, it, it doesn't really have to do with the 80s. And stuff. It's more about the 70s and the grindhouse and stuff like that. If you are interested in that kind of stuff, I cannot recommend that book highly enough. It is one of my – I got it as it's a It's the gift. best book that yeah. I've ever read on the topic by, oh, by far. So someone, and this was years and years and years ago, on the room org board, we did like a secret Satan thing, we used to call it, right? Because we're so cool, like, uh, you know, kind of thing, instead of secret Santa. And someone actually sent me this book. They go, I heard you live in New York, thinking New York all is New York City. I figured you'd like to read this book. I'm like, well, I don't live anywhere near the Grindhouse, and this stuff was, but I was like, I'll read it. And it was outstanding. So Just if fight. you're interested in that kind of stuff. Holding it sorry. in a hand by Bill Landis and Michelle Clifford. And yes, they're a married cool. couple, and they yeah. like the the wonderful thing about this book and what is what always makes my favorite like movie and and media books are when you get people who are so steeped in the topic that they're almost jaded and mm-hmm. they're almost a little snobby about it because they've 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 seen it all they've seen they've been in the shit and these guys worked. In, worked in the grindhouses together for years, so like, you know, we're, we'll we'll have a movie like Cannibal Holocaust out here. We'll be like, Cannibal Holocaust is one of those movies that really skirts the edge of like what a lot of people would want to see, and what you know would be an like a really you know into the dark territory of movies, and they're just and they're just like Cannibal Holocaust, <laughs> whatever, dude, you know. And and you know the 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 obscurity of the stuff that they they rifle off, which hilariously, like ten twenty years ago, you you would have only heard about this stuff. Pretty much every single movie that they mention in there, which of course was like considered porn at the time, is sitting on YouTube now. <laughs> so you can read that book. And when they reference a movie, you can go right onto YouTube and there it is and see it and go like, oh, I see what they're talking about. And uh, yeah, I cannot recognize just just for the stories of how the the places used to steal films from each other and run across the back fire escapes with 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 pilfered, you know, horror, horror and nudie movies from next door over to the next theater. Uh the other thing I just wanted to uh, mention, and I know uh, not everybody uh, loves these kind of things, but um, is that the series, the 42nd Street Forever, they have the, uh, it's a series of, um, it was one Blu-ray, most of it's DVDs. They're trailers of the Grindhouse stuff. Um, there's other c- compilations out there. 
um, of which is the driving deliriums and the trailer traumas and stuff like that. Those are more themed, but the 42nd Street Forever stuff, if you ever get a chance to get your hands on those or see those, a lot of times they will show the trailers for the movies that were in the grindhouses. And I'm going to, I, I almost am 100% sure Maniac Cop is on one of those um, kind of thing, along with movies like Maniac and, and It's Alive and uh, Basket Case and all those other kind of things that were, uh, uh, besides the, the Kung Fu movies and the, the nudie, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Euro sleeves and all that other stuff. Um, if this is something you're interested in, this is the kind of stuff you look at. And I, I just want to kind of bring it up here because it does fit with Will Rusting and Larry Cohen and those kind of guys. Um, not to say that this movie falls in those necessarily in like smack dab in the middle of those categories. Cause Luke said it probably best. This is a seventies movie in a post nightmare, uh, Friday the 13th Halloween world. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like the the melding of both of those kind of ideas. It's an idea. This movie could have made in the 70s. It would have been very different. But I think it works so beautifully because it was made in that post-Nightmare, uh, you know, Friday the 13th Halloween world. So we still get those little bits of slasher. Like when he, pull, he pulls the knife out of the, the baton and things like that. Like there's things in there that kind of scream, you know, slasher movie, uh, you know, 80s slasher movie. But at the same time, it's not cookie-cuttered 80s slasher no. kind of things. It's, no, it's not well, like it's got a little Terminator in it too, which is yeah, just like yeah. you know, forward-moving action chase. Yeah. Right, and that's the <laughs> whole thing. This movie isn't just—it's hard to describe this. It's like it's not like something else. You know, it has bits and pieces of things, but it's not like you can say, "Oh, well, this is just like you know, New York Ripper," or "This is just like Maniac," or "This is just like," and and then insert whatever movie you want to put there. Like, it's not just like any of those. No, it's, it's got a little bit of Alfred Hitchcock innocent right. man in it, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I recommend this movie highly to, you know, obviously anybody. Um, it is, there is a, actually, um, it's on, it's on Prime Video as we're recording this uh, kind of thing, so you could watch it there. Um, Maniac Cop, the Blu-ray of Maniac Cop, uh, they actually put out, um, they, like, it was, it was put out, <sighs> trying to think i think blue underground did them originally and then they put out the blu-rays again they're doing 4k restorations of all three of them or they did 4k restorations all three of them um i'm not sure how much better the 4k looks than the blu-ray i have i can't imagine it's going to look that much better because my eyes can only see at a certain level right. um but you know what i'm saying like I, I, this this isn't like you know like well we're gonna make the blacks blacker and the whites whiter you kind of think like you know kind of like sharpen it up I don't know if you can do that here but it's it is available out there uh, more than um, you know uh, depending on how you consume media um, it's it's definitely available and uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff just check it out it's well worth to me I think it's well worth it I actually like both two and three not as much as one one is definitely much better than both two and three um, but. I can honestly say that if you are interested in this, this sounds like something you want to see, you know, go check it out. You won't be disappointed. I'll guarantee you this, whether you like the movie or not, at the end, you can't say, well, that was boring because it is certainly not it's boring. Not boring. <laughs> they literally end with shooting a friggin' uh, uh, paddy wagon off the friggin' dock. Into the That's real. <laughs> There's no CG. There's a there's a police paddy wagon. Okay, shoot it into the river, guys. Make sure we're filming. Make sure we're filming. You know, kind of Wouldn't thing. be the first I'm, time. 
I mean, oh. between the paddy wagon and when uh, it's when Tom Atkins goes into the precinct and there's yeah. all the meter made buggies parked outside. <laughs> I marked out so hard for that row of the little meter made buggies. That was so great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I remember seeing, you know, puttering around when we, <laughs> when we were kids, you know, <laughs> I don't know if they still ride them or not, to be honest. It's been years since I've seen one. I don't think yeah. they do. Um, yeah. But still, you know, saying so. I, and and the thing is, is that we I make the joke all the time on this show. Who can't be who can't be topical? You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but this as as much as I don't want to say it, this movie is just as topical now as it was in 1988, which is, is which is which is good and bad, right? But you know, well, you, you, a, can, you can watch this. Thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. People's commentary on the police in it was very much like you see interviews now. It's exactly the same. There's no the difference. Yeah. Yeah. There's absolutely no difference between like the, I, the man on the street little interviews that they were doing when they, I mean, the, the news New broke York about City the maniac Pol cop. The New York City police have always been infamous for they will beat your ass. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's it's I mean, if I like, I mean, you can't you can't really blame the New York City cops, you know, for subconsciously wanting to not want, you know, not wanting to like you know shake that image <laughs> because it probably makes their job a little easier you know <laughs> the the other thing i liked and this is another you know uh, jay and i will get local sometimes uh -huh. but uh you know they ride the metro north yes they're going up to ossining which is which is hilarious yes. you know okay so <laughs> they go to ossining they go to sing sing which is in ossining i yeah. actually have played baseball at the the baseball field directly across the river from it wasn't Jeez. it no it's directly behind it there's behind two fences so yeah. so when, when you played uh who we play we played Cortland manor there well, i don't know why we didn't play austin there we played austin at a different field you play Cortland manor there um and if you hit a home run to right field uh you know it had to go over one fence but if you really cranked one you might get it into the barbed wire which was getting into where Sing Sing was because the ball field is there. You literally play in the shadow of Sing Sing, which is crazy. Um, and when when Law and Order says we're going up to Sing Sing, we're going to like, and they actually film those things there. And you're like, oh, that's that's actually this. Or like when they say we're going to like Mount Kisco and they're actually on the streets of Mount Kisco, like the, we're getting real local. That's the kind of stuff that Luke and I know because we've seen those places, right? Whatever. When one of their days in New York, they definitely got on Metro North and they filmed. Sing Sing, because that's the prison. Like, oh, yeah. the inside the inside out of that, that probably was done in Culver City or in LA where they filmed the other stuff. But the outside, that's Sing Sing. You can't fake that. Because and when you any see the outside of Sing Sing, you always go, note to self, don't go to Sing Sing. No. <laughs> don't get sent to no, Sing Sing. No. Right. What I'm saying is, when you see the outside there, any New Yorker who lives in down, downstate, Right. I mean, yeah, we, 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 we did people say like you live downstate. Like, and I always think like, well, yes, technically we live downstate. Right. <laughs> I think if you, if you live down this way, like into Putnam, into Westchester, down to the city, you've, you've, it's something that you would recognize. It would be like someone saying that's the empire state building. And then they show you like, uh, like, like, like some other building, like, no, it's not like, you know what it looks like, you know what the right. price looks like. Right. So you can't fake those things in the movie Q. It's in the Chrysler building. You yeah. can't fake that. 
They're in the Chrysler building. You had to shoot at the Chrysler building. Why? Because it's freaking, we know what it is. Now, you're saying if some person in Kansas might not know this, and I'm just picking Kansas randomly, right? But like New Yorkers would know it, and you, you think they won't shut up about it? They can't not shut up about anything. So, you know, kind well, of that's thing. The thi- well, so, that's the thing is Larry Cohen's kind of a New Yorker, so he's not going to like. He's he he's yeah he's gonna he's gonna know worse than anybody so like that's why his movies are always you know they get it right because so he's think about his this. home turf. For those of you who have never seen Chud, sorry, I'm gonna spoil a scene for you. The <laughs> scene where Jay Thomas and and Dan, uh, um, um, John Goodman are two cops at a New York City diner, and the Chuds come up and they smash through the window, right? When you look at that diner, whether that diner is a real diner or not, it looks like a New York City diner. Jay Thomas and and John Goodman, two comedians who are playing cops here, are wearing what looks to be authentic New York City police officer uniforms. You 100% look at them and go, those are New York City cops. You could be from, from Wachahassee, Texas, and you'd be like, that's a New York City cop. That's what they look like because they look like that in every movie. The cops in this movie are all look like New York City cops. Like well, it all sense. It's so it's <laughs> so funny that you say that because my my friend Mike Mike Cross, who was on, I think for Starman, or he was, or no, he was on for um um oh they live. Um, he and I were in New York City, and we went to breakfast at this little restaurant in Greenwich Village, and it was, you know, a beat-up little local restaurant, and we are getting breakfast in it, and he's like, I think this is the restaurant from Chud. And I'm like, no, dude, there's there's a million restaurants like this in New York. It, it could be, but there's a million, you know, it, it just looks like it. So he asked the waitress, he's like, is this the restaurant from Chud? She goes... No, it isn't, but that's what everybody asks. And then she starts rifling off all the other movies <laughs> that, <laughs> it had, uh, that had been shot in there. Right, like, like I'm saying is, like, little like, little kind of places in New York, there's a, there's a ton of them. I mean, it's not like Carnegie Deli, which is very, which, well, when it was open, right. was famous for what it was, right? Or Cat's Deli, right? Those little tiny coffee shops and stuff like that, they are everywhere in New York City. But if you've never been to New York City, it's impossible to tell them apart. It's impossible right. because right. they so much alike. Even now, when you um, like when you look at, excuse me, they'll sometimes have these like on the Travel Channel. They're like, you want to find the best out of the like the best hole in the wall restaurant, and they'll talk about these little tiny restaurants. And I'm like, I pro- you probably walk past that thing a million times if you lived in that city. unless you knew the food was really good, you would walk by it, and it looks just like every other run of the mill, you know. To every two block little diner kind of thing, right? But yep. maybe this place serves whatever, and that's part of what I think makes so. Like, I don't want to say that it's how to say this. As 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 somebody who can look, as Luke said, we didn't live in the city, but we were there enough to kind of know what things look like. We can tell when things are not right. It is very easy when we're watching a movie about New York, and it's clearly Toronto. Like that I was is, just going to say, you start feeling like you're in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is one of dad's biggest pet peeves. He's like, you're not even trying. It's clearly Canada. Like, you know, it's clearly Toronto. And because dad's been to Toronto, it makes it even worse because he's like, that clearly is Toronto. You know, kind of thing, right? But when you spend the time to dress it enough that, okay, that might not be New York, but it's pretty close. And then this is New York. 
this is very much about that. And I and I, and I I know people might think well, we talk about New York a lot. This movie needs to take place in New York City, right? Maniac needs to take place in New York City. Q, Chuck, like those things need to take place yeah. in the yep. because the city is a character in the movie. Let's face it, a New York City cop is a very easy thing to kind of like quote unquote generalize. So that now, when when you know, in, in the opening, it's the opening of the movie. She runs to the cop. She runs to the cop for help, and he kills her. You're like, all right, where's this movie going? Right. Once you're at that point, you know you're not safe. This is this isn't going to be like. I feel like it's like basket case. Like the movie opens, well, you're like, okay, what the fuck's going on now? It's it's this very is not- smart how they set that up too, because they set her up. She she beats the hell out of the guys who attack her. She like. She turns the tables on him and like has obviously learned some self-defense stuff and, and sort of kicks her ass. So you're thinking, okay, we're gonna get to know this character. And you know, they they he basically just does the a mini psycho in the first, or or I guess even better would be uh um oh what what the hell they they just did the um remake of it, the Wes Craven movie uh Scream. You know, where you just where you kill off what you're going to think is a main character right at the beginning. But like, it's almost like the Reader's Digest version of it. It reminds me of when we were little kids in the library would have would show these like 15 to 20 minute version of classic horror movies like The Invisible Man. But it would be Reader's Digest down to 15 minutes. That's what this whole movie is. This whole movie is like three movies just all anything that you didn't need cut out of them into so you know you've already introduced this character and killed her in the first like what four minutes of the the movie yeah so uh, like you said, folks you, you're, you're i mean if you enjoy this kind of film i mean i i i can't i mean this is a movie i recommend um you know kind of thing it's one it is definitely a horror rack hanger on uh as luke said we definitely saw this on many a video shelf constantly but you know why because it did much better in rentals than it ever did in the theater um kind of thing because why because word of mouth gets around you know it's a movie you rent on a friday night um you know when uh, back in the day well see people are, are people even remembering what i'm talking about when i say rent movies like i know we or, know that but, like or I, what about this how about this it was a big hit with my friends on skinamax <laughs> That's a different story, but I'm saying this, but like, like when I say rent movies, I mean, I, I'm hoping our listeners know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you know, like you would go to a video store on a like Friday night, you would get like, you know, a movie for like, there would be like, you probably get like two or three films and you'd rent them for the whole weekend. And that's what you would kind of watch. Like this, I know this sounds foreign to some people, but like, that was how life happened. And here's a good one. Some people didn't have a, didn't have a VHS player. They had to rent the VHS player with it. Yep. That's going old school, um, you know, kind of thing. And then, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, mean, I, I feel like I, I sometimes talk about things and I feel like people look at me like, what are you even talking about? I'm like, oh, that's right. You've never had to rent anything. Like you're renting things on Amazon for $3.99. I'm like, well, walking, not really. Like, walking out of Blockbuster with a 20-pound VCR. Yeah, <laughs> or or even older than that. Let's go even older than that, right, Luke? At the freaking Amico gas station when yeah. they used to, uh, the guy who re- who was the manager at the Amico was was selling was selling was renting VHSs from like behind the counter. Yep, they yep. made so much money renting VHSs. He bought 
he bought he he released a store in the in the in like so the Amico is next to like which now has like a Dunkin' Donuts like that didn't have that back then. It, it was just brand new, and they were opening these stores. He rented one of the stores there and opened a video store. Right, and, right. It's and, the clerks. It's right. Yeah. That's just the, it's the clerks phenomena. Uh, that right. there were two, the two best places to. Re- we didn't have blockbusters in in my hometown area till I was gone from there. And the the two best places to get. I mean, all the gro like big grocery stores would have a video s- rental area. But they wouldn't get like the sleaze or or anything like that. So it was the the little gas. There was a gas station one, and then there was one that was on the side of a convenience store. And the next town over had one in a record store. And all those were were fantastic. You know, they had, you know, you you could get you you could get the slimier horror movies, and they would have a they would have a book of of porn titles behind the desk for. You know, the for the adults to leaf through, I mean, and I they would that. also have a big box full of posters. That if you're yeah. a, a snotty little kid that went in there enough, they would be like, "Oh yeah, take a couple of those home if you want." That's and, we literally had our names on the back of posters. Posters would go up at the remember Luke at the at the video store. The posters would go up, and you'd have your name on the back of it because there was just, like I had to get there and tell them, "No, no, I want that poster." And I, 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 and I I remember distinctly. Dad trying to get the poster for Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Yeah, and someone had beat him to it. I remember that distinctly. Yep. <laughs> we had a room in our house that was just off to the end. That was an empty bedroom in the house we were renting, and I used to just hang up all the, all the, grindhouse and exploitation posters that I would future kill. You know, H.R. Giger poster and, you know, Doctor Blood and, and just tons of them. And it's one of those things, and like I'm one of those people that like, I I I have a shitload of stuff and it's a mess, but if if I need to go get something, I know right where it is. I for the life of me don't know what happened to those posters. I I I, I don't know if I just abandoned them when I went to college or anything, and why I would possibly do that. But yeah, they just disappeared in the mist mists of time. And I would, I you know, just to have a just shit, they could have gotten me through several hard times uh, with with eBay <laughs> at some point. Well, Luke had a RoboCop poster that Dad got from there, right? Yep, I still have and your that dark, poster. Yeah. yeah, and your Darkman poster was from there. Ooh. And Predator Two, but Dad wanted Predator, and someone beat Dad to Predator, and he was pissed. Kind of thing, right? Because they're like getting Predator, but we had Predator Two and something like so. But that's but the crazy part was the new posters would go up, and then Luke and I would go in with my mom again. It was like you were renting movies all the time, like well, what's new? What's new up front? What's and the new the new stuff was right in front. You're like, what's new? What's new? What's new? And you were looking. Oh my god, look at this! Look at this! And the the cover the 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 covers of the VHS covers, the cover art on those things sold movies. That's what sold you the movie, right? Yes, everyone knows. Uh, you know, like Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz and all that other bullshit, right? But like the new movies, what sold you was that poster art, right? You know, if you have really good VHS poster art, it would sell you that movie. Like, I got to see this thing. It's like, it could be absolute shit. Yeah. But the poster. You know what I don't get? When you go up to the Red Box, 
the red box is the only thing sort of now that's like that anymore where where you have to where you you just walk up to it and go like i want to get something and here's a wall of shit and you and if you don't know what you get you look at the wall of shit and go okay that looks good that looks good all those picture all the pictures they have for all those movies which are probably terrible you know just ground out movies but they don't even they're just photoshopped like you know montages of all the of Bruce Will, you know Bruce Willis is in all of them but they're just <laughs> montages of the three stars in it with maybe like a you know a snowy background or you know a a, a supernova or something something to denote that it's science fiction but it's like don't don't they realize that they could i mean that tactic hasn't is never it's evergreen it's never gonna go bad you know i mean people still sell their fucking facebook or facebook or youtube videos by the thumbnail for it you know and people have a whole style to, to draw people in through a thumbnail art so i i just don't get it it seems like Redbox would be the last bastion of that you know and you would think you would have like these like young kids out of like graphic design school who could just do a you know nice quick sleazy horror poster for the red box and stuff for a quick paycheck no it's it's like it's like that it must not be financially worth their time yeah no they just get the special needs cousin to do a photo a quick photoshop with a with a little glow around the edges and they're off to the races Anyway, folks, so uh, we, you've obviously heard us all. We all recommend uh, Maniac Cop. Uh, well worth your time seeing. Uh, if you haven't seen it before, you know, go check it out. Um, you know, uh, obviously, we'd love to hear from you, too. I mean, we don't get a ton of feedback around here, but, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I know someone's got to be listening. Uh, so well, it's saying, you know, so, but if, if you if you do want to reach out, have you seen yeah. Maniac Cop? Are you uh, a fan of Maniac Cop? Do you... Uh, do you like Robert Zadar? Do you like Wooden Lustig or Larry Cohen? Are you, are you, uh, you know, are you familiar with some things Larry Cohen may have forgotten over the years? You can, uh, you can <laughs> always email us at freakvault at gmail.com. That's all one word, freakvault at gmail.com. And we will, uh, you know, talk about your email here on the show. It's been quite a while since we've gotten an <laughs> email. Uh, the last one. Uh, I'm looking through the email now. It was our friend Roel Gonzalez about Night of the Demons. Roel, if you're out there, send us an email. Have you seen Maniac Cop? You seem to watch a lot of weird stuff, which fits in just fine with this group. So, uh, yeah. In fact, yeah. I think Roel is the majority of our emails. So Josh Ginter emailed us as well, and yeah. uh, there was uh, some other guy who uh, I'm not gonna not gonna name check, but uh, yeah. So please, freakvault at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do you enjoy what, not just me and a cop, but the other stuff we've been doing, you know, uh, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Girl with All the Gifts, uh, the, you know, all the, the Dead, Dead 2, uh, all the various things we've been talking about here on The Vault. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback on these because, you know, uh, we, I don't put that email out there often enough. I sometimes forget to mention it. I'm not going to lie. But uh I would love to. I think we'd all love to hear from you guys and girls yeah. out there. So please it's, email. Especially if you have a suggestion for a really outstanding zombie movie that we might have missed, or unique zombie movie that we might have missed in our in our uh, 
yeah, quest no. of, to uh, find uh, some uh, of the, the more unusual zombie flicks and hang more on. imaginative no, things. No, 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 wait, wait. No, we want good zombie movies. Don't be like, you need to watch like this piece of fucking shit. I'll show yeah, you. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, I will call you out. I will call you a fucking dickhead, and I'm not in the mood for that shit. Trust me. <laughs> he will, too. <laughs> He'll I do it. Like, I, I literally will make your life miserable about that crap. And you think, like, I'll show them. I'll be funny. We'll troll them. No, you won't. You won't. Trust me. Because we'll be we like, won't even this watch it. Cause... We'll start watching and go, this is fucking horror shit. This dickhead wants to do this. Go fuck yourself. Because that's what will happen. And if you think I'm joking, try me. I'm just saying. I have, I have been working with the idea of trying to bring good zombie movies in. Girl with All the Gifts, The Dead, The Dead 2, Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Like, we've been trying to really give you guys quality zombie movies that you might have overlooked. Not everyone, not everyone, you know, has seen these things. And Luke, you know, and, and I had seen a bunch of them actually when, you know, a couple we've seen before. I had seen them all. Saying, these are great things. We are not looking for, like, how about, what, what was the one, Luke, that was, oh, fuck, what was it called? Uh, it was the one that, like, Full Moon took part of a movie and filmed it. it was, like, Osama Zombie something. No, what was that? I forgot. God damn not it. Cor- oh, not ca- Corona Zombies. Was it, wasn't Corona Zombies another movie? But Corona's oh oh yeah so Corona Zombies was made from virus from Bruno Mattei's virus okay and they yeah. they 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 did it like LA like Mad Movies with the LA Connection where they redubbed it right and then That's they also the- cut in some scenes from zombie strippers yeah, don't send just- us zombie strippers well didn't they just do that with Grizzly re- was it Grizzly or something no Grizzly so Grizzly two was an actual Grizzly lost two. movie that Grizzly two yes got released yeah. I might be the only one who, uh, of, the, of the four of us who've seen Grizzly 2. Um, I watched it with Kelly and Haley. And I'll be very honest with you. When you wa- if you ever watch Grizzly 2, it's not a good movie. When you ever, if you ever watch Grizzly 2, you will notice there are two very distinct movies occurring here that have nothing to do with each other. So. Oh, and that like, look like they were filmed, well, they were filmed decades apart, too. You know, 30 I'm, years apart. Right, 30 years different, apart. Like one with digital video and one with film you know so the film the version that was stuff that was filmed in the 80s has literally like, like actors and actresses that are now like in their 50s in their 20s and then there's a whole then like, the, the, they're done and then it's like oh well we have this other like you literally are looking at this going there's no way in the world these are the same thing there's no way in the world and it, it is but i gotta admit I knew that going in, and I didn't tell the girls that. And they both, their reaction was, what the fuck was that? Like, they literally were like, are, are you, you kidding? Like, Haley turned to me and said, Dad, are you kidding me right now? And I, <laughs> she literally turned and said, are you kidding me right now? The because, single tear fell from Jason's eye, and he was just like. Because the thing is this, the beginning of the movie literally starts with, a, like, a 20, like a, maybe he's 20 years old. George Clooney, Laura Dern, and Charlie Sheen. They are all in the movie. I just saw the trailer of the new Jurassic Park with Laura Dern, and she probably does not look like she does in Grizzly 2. So she's 20. <laughs> I mean, she does, in and Grizzly 2, she doesn't look like she did in the original Jurassic Park. That's what I'm saying. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the original Jurassic Park is what like a decade 93 yeah. yeah right so i'm just saying she's already 10 years old she's in her 30s 
and not that she was old in her thirties, but like she already was in her thirties. Like you look at this and go, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like you literally like Charlie Sheen. I don't think has ever seen a razor at this point in his life. You know, kind of think George, this is, this is pre, it might be, I, I say that this might be pre facts of life. George Clooney. Think about that. Right. <laughs> and then that movie ends and the next movie begins. And you're like, this doesn't even look to the same. They didn't even try to make it look the same. That's a different story. But you know you're going to – if you're watching Grizzly 2, it's like watching The Room. You know Birdemic or uh, – what was that one, Luke? Was that Baby Ghost or Ghost Baby, whatever? I don't know. That baby was, Ghost. Yes, baby. baby Ghost or a talking cat. Either one of those as well. Cat. Oh, my God. A talking cat. Haley watched the talking cat with me. We watched the riff track up, and she goes, what? 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 And I was like, it was, it was awesome, right, Haley? She goes, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. I go – Honey, you haven't seen Baby Ghost yet. She goes, I don't want to see Baby Ghost or Lycan Colony. Lycan Colony might be worse. Ah, Luke knows what I'm doing there. <laughs> anyway, we're yeah, getting really fucking far afield. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah. Send us good suggestions, please. That's yeah, all we yeah. have. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so. Oh, that's right. That's where we were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maniac Cop is awesome. Watch Maniac Cop. Um, if you haven't seen it, if you if you haven't seen Maniac, go check that out. If you haven't seen Q, go check that out. If you haven't seen Chud, go check that out. Those are all really good movies. I was going to say, there's a new yeah. Blu-ray of Uncle Sam too. on pre-order right now, right? So you can go you can pre-order Uncle Sam if you want and go listen to that one in the archives. Yes, yeah. so you can do that too. I don't know if Uncle Sam on Blu-ray is going to get any better. <laughs> but, uh, can anything be better than the Uncle Sam VHS with the lenticular cover? I don't think so. Um, maybe the Jack Frost or Jack Frost 2 lenticle covers where they have the other, those are pretty good too. I had all of those. Uh, I bought them all from a video store going out of business. I bought all their VHS of those just for the covers. They were worth the $2, uh, let alone watching Jack Frost, Jack Frost 2 and Uncle Sam. I think that's a pretty good trifecta. If you want to sit down for an afternoon, I'm not saying you're going to, you're going to like come out and say, wow, that was great cinema, but I guarantee you this, it ain't boring. So there you go. So anyway, all right. So fucking a. Yeah. Now I want lenticular TVs. <laughs> I want like the old Fisher Price TV. Yeah. Yeah. The old they, they used to have that, didn't it? Like, wasn't there yeah, one? They, had, they had that one. I was that one in the record player. I always associate together. But I'm saying like, the lentil the TV. It had a lentil thing in it, but didn't you have different cards you could put behind it? And turn them, and it would change the thing. Yeah, I'm trying to. Remember. I think that's right. I think that's right. We've gone from Maniac Cop to Fisher Price, so I think it's time. Uh, any final thoughts on Maniac Cop for the crew? <laughs> uh, it's been on my list of shame for like for over twenty years, and uh, I, it's it's one of those "Where have you been all my life?" movies. I love it. Well, yeah, also, it's, on, it, it's, it's on Shutter. If you're if you have uh, subscribed to Shutter or have that channel on your Amazon Prime, you can check it out there as well. Yeah, pop some popcorn yeah. and grab a beer and enjoy this one because this this was fun. This is great. I didn't even have to talk because Chris and, and 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 Jay just drop a drop a dime in him and let him go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're we're not just don't drop a dime on us. I would hours. never. Yeah, Robert Zadar is going to come knocking on your window if you do. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And the man's been dead for seven years. 
That's why it's terrifying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's about right, right? <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. You will respect my authority!